So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a bait or get a table. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirtbag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, got their, niggas put it got their permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? Said that's like, my I, hero. You gonna hold look, him look, on the look, First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent <laughs> hair, have baby hair. It's the Bob and the Bart the best podcast in the nation. By the time you hear this podcast, belief will be what you're fighting for.
Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are here with episode 201. Right. And uh, we've had a couple of throwback episodes. Um, We had to cancel on this particular (laughs) topic once it was Ben's fault and the next time it was mine. But <laughs> uh, we're back with another episode, and if you're watching on the live stream, we do have a guest uh, live from uh, parts unknown in California. We have Matt G. What's going on, Matt? Hello. Oh, thank you for the applause. It's nice to see you. Thanks for being so visible too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <no problem. laughs> I felt bad every time I'm like, oh, crap, not again. But so, Matt, Matt. So uh, makes it easy being three hours ahead of you or uh, behind you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, this might be a speed run. Um, Don't mean to rush anything, but it it might it might be that depending on uh, how late it gets on this side of the country. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, again, thank you for joining us, uh, Matt. Um, So. Uh, the last time you were on, was it uh, when we talked about Ben's mm-hmm. album and the power went out several times? Or I did, were you so. on after that? <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Um, we didn't do the Billy Idol one after that one? That was before. Was it after? Rebel Billy Idol was before? way okay. before. Was it? Hor- bad memory. I. Because I... uh, the last time I remember <laughs> Billy Idol and Color in the Shape. I know Color in the Shape was all back. Yeah. Or it might have been the, that was the uh, first one I did, you guys. Or the Airheads here. one. Could have been Airheads. Oh, yeah. I forgot you and Kevin were on that one. Oh, such a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good so movie. Good. I might watch that this weekend. <laughs> I watched Blank Man recently. Just had to throw oh! that out. <laughs> I know. <That> is- <laughs> it took you forever to find that DVD, but... Apparently, you can buy it on Apple Music, so I bought it or whatever. Really, you can just it buy is, it Apple digital TV. now. Yeah. Have they converted it to 4K yet? <laughs> I don't know if it was 4K, but it looked great. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I still got that DVD here somewhere too. Oh. I might watch that one. It's funny. That's like one of the few times I've seen Kendra laugh out loud when J Five is falling downstairs. <laughs> like she normally will still watch a movie, no motion. But when J5 felt like she was crying laughing. <laughs> it was so uh, funny. <laughs> All right. That's a, that a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's been at least a year, maybe a year and a half since Matt's been on. But again, thank you for joining us. So we're just going mm-hmm. to jump right into um, some music news, I guess. So um, I don't know if y'all looked at anything. I know we just, I was just blurting out some topics before we started recording <laughs> but um we have done a couple months ago we did an episode about the movie elvis so um of course there's going to be a movie called priscilla about priscilla presley's uh life with elvis based on her book elvis and me um uh, directed by sophia coppola you may know for uh, lost in translation the virgin suicides and um, wasn't there a Marie Antoinette movie which had like 80s music as the soundtrack? I'm not sure, but that seems like that 
something that looks. <laughs> I think out. it had Kirsten Dunst. Uh yeah, yeah, that, yeah okay. that that I bet that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's going to be a movie about uh, Priscilla Presley's life with Elvis. Um. So what do you think? Do you think it's like too soon or like, do we need that? Or, or will, or will she say that, you know, she was, you know, 13, 14 when she met him in so, or wherever So I'd was. be curious to see because they definitely kind of glossed over that, that she was, you know, a young teenager when she met Elvis <laughs> um, in the movie. And I don't, I mean, hopefully this isn't a hit piece, I guess. Although if it is, I mean, none, none of that's false. I mean, he met her when she was 13. I mean, that's the truth. I'm just hoping that they don't, you know, I hope they're tasteful with it, I guess. Or as tasteful as you can be with the movie about an adult dating a 13-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> as tasteful as you can be. So I don't think it's too soon, though. I'm, I mean, hey, why not? Uh, what do you think, Matt? Or did you see Elvis? Did you ever watch that? Uh, no, because I don't care anything about Elvis. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't, I have, I don't know that much about the guy, but I don't, I know I don't like his music. So I never really <laughs> looking into anything about Elvis. If you look at his discography and you don't have to, um, I hope, hope just take my word for it. Just take my word for it um, a lot of it were, a lot of his discography were covers, like yeah. more covers than people uh, realize. Um, you know, even the first song where per- Colonel Tom discovers him, it's all right. He didn't write. He didn't originally yeah. do that song. Hound Dog. He didn't do that one. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of just a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of his songs like he didn't. Um, he wasn't the first artist to record. And I feel like over time, this is something I realized like recently, like there are a lot of people who try to repeat that. Mm-hmm. Um I was listening to one of our older episodes and I think it was our episode about Millie Vanilli and how some, uh, not with the, the lip syncing thing or anything like that, but how like some, uh, teen idols, um, at either Frank Ferry and some other producers were involved with tried to bring up these like teen idols to, uh, make them like pop stars and put them in movies and TV shows. And they were just doing covers. It was someone like Leif Garrett or Sean Cassidy, <laughs> um, Donnie Osmond, you know, they were just doing these cover songs and probably, and I think another, the artist who was probably, who's made a career out of it is like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Paul Young, Matt. Mm-mm. Uh, he had a song in the eighties called, um, Every time you go away, that was okay, his that's big what I hit. You were talking about. But yeah. the song was originally by Hall and Oates, and it was marketed as if like Hall and Oates had nothing to do with this song, yeah. even though <laughs> they wrote the song. But looking at Paul Young's discography, outside of that, like it was a bunch of covers, him trying to sing Motown uh, for the most part. But I, that's just something I realized about about Elvis is that there's not a whole lot of original material from him. Um, a lot of his like blue standards that, um, or blue songs that, uh, the original writer didn't get royalties for. And, Mm. and it was artists that were in bad record deals or they got nothing. 
and we know their names, but they didn't make any money off of it. And then their songs get stolen by um, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we've said this several. Well, I've said it several no, times before. Led Zeppelin yeah. stole everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought at least Suspicious Minds would have been originally by him, but not even that one. No. Yeah, that was done that, by Mark that James maybe, first. Maybe the song he did for the the Christmas special. Well, the the, the the not Christmas Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was never a big fan of Elvis either, Matt. And then I ended up having to play an Elvis song in that Vega band. Oh, oh. <laughs> they were huge. It was Elvis Suspicious fans. Minds, right? Is that the song? You yeah, we played Suspicious play Minds, yeah. Like at, with the, at the house where we practiced, going down to the basement where we were practicing, said he had a big cardboard cut out of Elvis. Like they're big fans. And I just I, did, I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either, but I like teach, his voice. Teach around, but, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Um so uh yeah, there's a Priscilla movie coming out. Um so <clears throat> also brought up that uh the Super Bowl halftime show, um who was it? Oh, Rihanna. It was Rihanna. This, which I still haven't watched. Oh, I still haven't show. watched oh, haven't that halftime it? show. I, I really haven't watched the one with Dr. Dre and friends. I really didn't watch that one either. Jeez, but, Greg, you're behind, man. You gotta catch <laughs> up, dude. Uh, that is for the people who don't care about the game. <laughs> That's what the halftime show is for. I guess so, more people I watch the halftime show. To three, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the halftime show and not the football anymore. Uh, three million more people watch the halftime show than the game. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, so uh, speaking of 28 to three, uh, the year that uh, the Falcons blew the largest uh, fourth quarter lead uh, in Super Bowl history um, in the year of our Lord. 2017 uh the halftime show it was lady gaga lady gaga yeah and um she is in talks to uh perform the super bowl halftime show again with katy perry who had so both of them had previously performed uh in a super bowl halftime show uh in games where the patriots were involved (laughs) and won both games in unusual fashions um but they will. Really they are in talks to perform the halftime show together. Um, why? Why? Why do you think that's happening? Why not? I mean, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira did it, but they had not done you it know? solo previously, like these two. Yeah, I don't know. It's it is different. I don't know how that would work. I thought they didn't like each other. At least that's what I had read somewhere, but. I guess, you know, the opportunity to see some record and get in front of a bunch of people, you can squash some beats, make things yeah. happen. Where's the next Super Bowl going to be? Las Vegas. Oh, Ooh. okay. Ooh, okay. Maybe that's why? I don't know. Would you rather see Katy Perry and, and Lady Gaga or like holograms of Liberace and uh, <laughs> and Elvis and Elvis <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. Honestly, I would, I would, I'm still holding out hope that 
Um, Taylor Swift does it. I've, I've been hearing the rumors that because they changed uh, sponsorships, that yeah, she could she, do another. She has an endorsement. She has an endorsement with Coca Cola, right? Is that mm-hmm. what that was? Because before it was, so. it was sponsored like by Pepsi. Yeah. And now it's so, sponsored by Apple Music. So I like to see that just because. But I don't unless think do it Scooter Braun has insisted on producing it. then if that's the case let's get justin bieber is he Uh, still popular in canada there you go i don't know about anywhere else i'm sure i'm sure he could he'd do a good job yeah or we could start getting the old guys again you know uh i don't know about that well the, the rolling stones are still alive yeah, yeah. The, the 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 ones that matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I was trying to wonder yeah. though, like Mick and this, Keith are still alive. At this point, since like you know some of these '80s or '90s bands, like do a hair metal thing, like get Poison, get uh, um. Oh, I don't think that would go over well. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine seeing Motley Crue up there? Get Molly Crew. That'd be that awesome. Be Wait, who awful. is who? Who performed at the NFL draft? Who? What band was oh, that again? God, that was Motley Crew. That was yeah, Motley Crew. Oh, was it? <laughs> they did horrible. Apparently, yeah. I've seen some recent videos, and I'm not even sure if it's fake or not because it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and we got to remember, like the artist pays for for the privilege, yeah, of performing the Super Bowl halftime show, and they have to give a portion of their. Um, when, when their their record sales in the four weeks after, because there's always like a boost of yeah. their streams and 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 sales and all that, so they have to give a portion of four weeks to the NFL. Yeah, because they're hurting for money. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, not... I don't think she'll do it. I don't think Taylor Swift will do it because of that. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. I think the NFL pays for travel and lodging, but as far as the production of the show and um, <laughs> whatever you want to put in it, that's on you. It's just yeah, no, it's, it's a load. It's a load. <laughs> I think we should just go. Just like, like, look, we don't watch halftime shows any other time of any other NFL game. They just started doing it with like making the Thanksgiving. Um, the Thanksgiving games, a halftime show there. So, dude, third eye blind. When I was uh, in high school, and guess what song they played? Matt. <laughs> <laughs> never let you go. Yeah, never let you. Never let you go. They played it. Yeah, they played Never Let You Go. That was my family's introduction to Third Eye Blind. They were not impressed. It was not a good. Perf- <laughs> it was not a good performance. Because <laughs> at that time, they were my. They had just started being my favorite band. I'm like, hey guys, this is my favorite band, and you know. They gave the they gave the old college try, but it was not a good performance. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, "This, this is." Like... Yeah, we should just go back to <laughs> just go back to the the HBCU marching band, whichever one's <laughs> the hottest at the time. They those are the ones that performed halftime for like the first 25, 24, 25 uh, Super Bowls. Though with this oh, making it a spectacle, um, it started with. The one with Michael Jackson, that was like the first one yeah. where like we're going to get a big superstar to to do it. Um, 
And basically because the year before, I think they, some people turned to in living color, uh, because we had, we had a show to air right at halftime on another network. Cause I think the game was on, the game was on CBS and the living colors on Fox. <laughs> some <laughs> people turned off the game. Yeah, I think they did like the wonderful world of Disney that year too. That, that was, was the year the before. That was the year before. That was the year. Before. I know one of those years. I was like, the wonder. Who wants to watch a Disney? Thing? They maybe, have like new know. kids on the block out there, but they were singing Disney songs. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> or um, yeah, yeah, you could get some boy bands to do the Super Bowl next year. Like, I'm sure, like they probably even cover their own lives. Th- that's the thing, <laughs> though. Do they have Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show money? They got to pay for it. I'm sure, like, uh, if yeah, the NFL point, was paying, point. yeah, sure, new kids on the block would want to get back out there. <laughs> but I mean, if they yeah. teamed up with others, like, yeah, if everyone got together, yeah, like, they, I know they they album wouldn't, but didn't new kids oh, yeah. do an kids, album yeah. with the Backstreet Boys? With back, yeah, they did, and throw yeah, in some 98 degrees in there. Nick Lachey's got some money still, yeah, Nick he's got that money, e money, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he's on? His wife still has some MTV money left over. Yeah. What's yeah, the other guy? Justin? Justin's got money. Justin could probably fit the bill himself. <laughs> Again, Wait, what does he do? Because he's performed. Justin Timberlake, he shows up and he's Oh, Tim, oh Tim, okay. You know, it's a, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's already he done it solo, though. Bands. He's already done it solo. He's like, I don't need y'all. So he can help you. He's like, I've been here before, guys. You know, this is what it's going to be like. And uh, this is what I need for or, you guys. Or he might be like, I did it by myself. Y'all need help? <laughs> I did it by myself. I've got to share One this pillow. video with y'all that One I saw case. earlier, too. Where it was like the boy bands going back and forth. It was like, it started out with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and then like New Kids did. And like Donnie Wahlberg says like, Mark Wahlberg's my brother. <laughs> hey, that's what he contribute. <laughs> I think that was like the funniest part of the whole video. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's my brother. Um, Mark Wahlberg can help out. Yeah, he's got money. See, like these people, they have connections. You know, if they really wanted it, they could make it work. Yeah, that it definitely be like the the. They gotta pool their money together though. Yeah, you yeah. might have to share a queen bed or something, but <laughs> eight to a room. And oh yeah. god, they're traveling like we used to travel. Someone's got to see exactly. <laughs> Don't let them see all of you go to the room at once. God, we did do that, didn't we? <laughs> it was too many for one room. Oh, God. And then there was the roach in the tub. Oh, God, yeah. Someone was that the was night like, in? I don't remember. I think it was in state. know that. Much. Oh, Someone said, after your money back, I'm like, we're not even supposed to have this many people. I'm gonna go also, was it like $40? Oh, it was next to nothing. It was. <laughs> I think we were staying there for maybe a few years. Yeah. Like enough to like set up, play a show, and get the hell out of there in the morning. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Um, speaking of a. Well, no, there's no segue. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's about a year, over a year ago, we talked about the. Um, the Astro World incident i think when we had first talked about it uh there was the potential for there was going to be there was this huge lawsuit for like i don't know if it was like for four billion dollars or something like 
It was a uh, that, and they were suing movie. just Travis Scott by himself or something like that. But um, Travis Scott will not face any criminal charges um, for what happened. Um, a crowd, the crowd crush. I think it ten people died in the incident. Um, so, do you think he should have faced any criminal charges, like any kind of responsibility? I mean, he was performing. It's not like it was. I kind of see it as well. He was performing. It's not like he caused it. Um, I'm. Tr- I can't but... remember details to remember if like he knew anything or if like or he, he was like, getting I think it was like stop. just in bad remember. taste he like kept performing like he didn't stop the show as it was happening I don't know if it's true but I thought I heard him say like kind of entice people to start rushing the stage he does like pretty not regularly. knowing that it was like you know the stuff was happening but it was like mm-hmm. he wanted people to just keep going I don't remember I know you're really... you're right he does that at a lot of his shows right oh, he'll just okay. encourage people to kind of go like just kind of ape shit crazy mm-hmm. um I don't remember. I'd have to go back and read up on it because we knew mo- much more about it at the time. I just can't remember if he was like encouraging people, even though he knew what was yeah, going on. I guess on. that's where I would need to, like, if he knew what was happening and still yeah. try to get people to rush. That's one that's thing. Pretty, yeah. But if you're just performing, you don't know that's going on. Like, what are you supposed mm-hmm. to do? That's on security at that point. Yeah, that's know. what I was gonna say. Who's head of security, crowd control, stuff like that yeah. would be held liable. So but how do you prove that he knew? <laughs> and yeah. I guess they couldn't. So <laughs> and I can't. I just can't remember if he said something from the stage, like you know, like you know, crush these people or something. I don't think Uh-oh. he did. Though. Um, but I know like there were, which I thought was kind of wild at the time. People were like, we were screaming it from the crowd, like he can't hear you. Yeah, <laughs> like, at a concert. Oh my god, why didn't you hear me yelling? <laughs> like he can't hear you. Like that's up to. The security or whoever they have stationed throughout yeah. the concert to hear you, like he can't hear you. Like, and even if there's mics in the crowd because they're trying to record a crowd reaction, he can't hear you. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So yeah, he won't be charged. But uh, speaking of concerts, there's something I wanted to ask you about, Matt. We, I think we talked about this with a couple of people. Um. Since you've been out in California, have you been to any concerts? And if so, what has your experience been like? Uh, so I've been to one big concert since I lived here, but I also went to a festival out here the year before I moved here. And it was uh, it was awesome because it was it was like 311, I think Snoop Dogg, Limp Biscuit, and then a bunch of other like well-known acts wow. at the time but we went for 311 limp biscuit was a la- late edition so like that was awesome that show was incredible <laughs> but i will say the people out here are the worst everyone is in their own world like they don't give a shit about anyone around you Damn. um so it's just like you're constantly i wouldn't say there's a lot of like mosh pit going on where you have to like fight people but like everyone is trying to just like get in front of you everywhere you go mm-hmm. and uh so that's super annoying I feel like in Atlanta, people are really more of like a cohesive unit when you're watching the show. Like you're all enjoying the show instead of just trying to be as close as possible while stepping on everyone else's toes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've been to a few or a couple like smaller shows and they were they were OK. I mean, they were bands that were, eh, you know, so. 
but uh, I would say that's the biggest difference for me is just the crowd is much different. With was the... one of these at a bowling alley in Tarzana by chance? <laughs> well, that was one of them, but that's, I'm not including that in this. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was wild. Oh, I have to. I, I want to hear about that later. I want to hear about that. <laughs> so, with the um, the reason I asked about that is, uh, well, what the artist that you've named? I don't think uh, some of the incidents that I've read about would occur. I don't think anyone's hmm. gonna. No one's throwing a, a phone at Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, um, uh, yeah, that's and that type of stuff has been happening, and it's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's not stuff like like I've been seeing a lot of clips of like Drake is on tour, and um, some people have been throwing clothes or phones, and he's like, I, I just I just want bras. He just wanted bras <laughs> thrown at him on the stage, and there were a couple of bras that were thrown at him because he was picking them up. You know, uh, but someone threw a shoe um, and it was like a Jordan four. Um, it was just one shoe, though. Uh, it's kind of expensive. <laughs> so, but I asked about that because, you know, some of the incidents that we've uh, that, you know, we maybe talked about a couple on here of people like throwing their phones um, or throwing drinks at the artist. And it's like. I think it's a it's some of the the newer artists like Billie Eilish like has kind of just accepted that things are going to get thrown at her no matter what whether they're fans or not she's going to get things thrown at her. Um, but with it happening at um, you know some of these shows, uh, it's kind of like man, people just I I, I want to say it's a Gen Z thing, um, but I, where it's like people can't stand. <laughs> It's like Gen Z can't stand to not be the center of attention for any amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, you paid your ticket to come and see this artist perform. You listen to their music. I, I would assume you listen to their music. You're a fan. You want to see them perform live. But then when you get there, it's like, but what about me? I, I came to see you, but and you're not paying attention mm -hmm. to me. You're, yeah, you're I mean that's always my like thought when I hear about these people things. Or more. It's 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 just so like, weird. What do they think's gonna happen when they hit them with their phone or their shoe? That they're gonna be like, <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad you did that. Please come up here and be my friend and watch the show from the stage. <laughs> like, what do they expect to happen? Just that. That's what they expect. <laughs> <laughs> it's the start. No, of that friendship. Is, it is ridiculous. This is how it's friendship just starts. So strange. Who the hell has money to just throw a phone too? But like that's expensive. Oh, I, don't get me started on that. I I still believe Genji doesn't even understand what a dollar means. I got about throwing like, my phone up there. <laughs> hell no! Yeah, I'm not throwing any. I'm not even throwing an old ass Converse up there. I need that shoe. Hell yeah. I gotta walk out of here. <laughs> no, see Matt, you, you bring extra shoes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> You have a backpack. Gen Z is looking at you. You don't bring extra shoes to the concert? <laughs> Did you bring your throwing shoes? Your throwing <laughs> shoes? <laughs> that is, I will say though, that is, I didn't know they were throwing shoes. I, I knew the whole phone thing. And I've even been to like, I don't know if you remember that band US. You remember that band? Oh, it's yeah. It's the Carrollton. I saw them in Tuscaloosa. Um, hotbed of talent there. And people were like just <laughs> giving the guy phone, their phone. To take video, is it one and, of those B I mean, reels? And he, and he did it, and it's just like I guess you know, 
after you play enough college towns, you just kind of get used to it, you know? Yeah. Someone's going to hand you their phone and just want you to take a video. Ah, all right, cool. So, yeah. It's and just, that's also it's... how friendship starts. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my phone. Make a video right now in front of everyone. No, stop the and... show. Stop playing music. Make a video for me <laughs> right now. Honestly, I probably would have preferred them to stop playing. They were really bad. Oh. <laughs> it was a really, really bad show. I don't know. I don't know if it was the drummer was dragging ass or what, but like they were just, it just was not very good. I, and I was very mad because like everyone talked them up and I was like, there's no way this is the same US. And I'm pr- pretty sure it was them. And, uh, you know, they're much older now, of course. And um, we got there. I think the show started at 10. We've been there since seven. Yeah, I waited three hours through the opening act and everything. They had and, like, an I opening think, like, act. Yeah, just some dude, local dude playing like acoustic tunes. Oh, oh, okay. like him and another guy. Yeah, oh, kind of like, like what we, we used to Sharkies. do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had a clay. <laughs> clay, that was his name. I was about to ask. Yeah, clay. Um, yeah, they had they had one of those, and yeah, and I think three songs in, I was like, all right, let's let's go. This was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It also didn't help too that it was St. Patrick's Day and we'd been drinking since like uh, I think eleven. So <laughs> that'll put a damper on your mood by that time. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good time though. That's how my brother-in-law and uh, or my sister-in-law, her husband, their um, anniversary always falls around St. Patrick's Day. So yeah, I'm saying so you know Nicole and Ken. So like that's how they celebrate their St. Patrick's Day. They just and their anniversary. They'll just go okay. out and. Yeah, and just drink and have fun. <laughs> they take off Friday. They typically will like just check into a hotel near downtown Tuscaloosa and just like have a day of it. Eh, that's fun. I mean, yeah, I was like, that's not, a really not, cool way. Can't knock that. That's fun. Yeah, they just happened to invite us this year. I was like, nice. Let's do it. Um. So, um. And uh, one more story. Uh. Well, I can't. I can't show it on the. <clears throat> stream here because i'd have to download the video and i can't do it but have y'all seen these guitars since you're both uh you both play the instrument there's this i went to this account chris meyer drums and i don't know if it was i don't know if this woman is chris myers or the guy with the camera is chris myers but it had a video that said attention touring guitar players and this woman has this guitar and then suddenly she just bends the neck mm. and like kind of tucks it into the back and then puts it in this like this little backpack. And those are expensive, dude. <laughs> and, and they're very they expensive it. guitars. <laughs> uh so y'all y'all have seen those guitars. Yeah. Um, I don't I haven't played one or seen one in real Nor life. have I, yeah. I'm very curious because I don't understand how, like, I understand how it works. My, my issue would be the strings. When you're putting all that tension on them and then releasing it every time, like, there's no way that thing's going to stay tuned long. And they swear in their advertisement that it never goes out of tune. I don't believe that. I, really I have don't. a hard time believing it as well. I, I'm with I, you. I'm there with I you. Don't, I don't believe that. I don't even play <laughs> one, and that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, you're I thought just I looked at trying it. to it's get one like at one point. You're disconnecting the strings, and then right. you bend it. It's like nope, just put tuck it back and put it in the backpack, 
and I'm ready yeah. to board the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't trust that. I looked into them. They're super expensive. Like I want to think like over a thousand at least. Oh, not worth it. Yeah. For a I can get a guitar. tiny guitar that might be like a little bit bigger than it, but it's yep. a full guitar and it's like a quarter of the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this little guy. It's not that big. Is that your which one is that one? I just this one I bought recently. It's one it's like the baby Martin or mini Martin. Nice. Again, like a fraction of the cost of that one that folds up. And I think it's better. <laughs> and I was gonna say it probably sounds better also. Nice, nice. I am jealous. I was like, I gotta I gotta get a background like you like you've got yours set up with some instruments. Uh yeah, gotta get those yeah. wall hooks. I got one and I got it's in the main area. I got my Les Paul hanging up right now. Um, I've got more of them. I'm just scared to hang them up there because I can't find a stud. So. Oh, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> I've got anchor hooks, but I don't know if I trust them. And my telly I doesn't don't. fit. So, <laughs> like, I put my, I try to put it up there and then, you know, the headstock's thin. So it just. <laughs> yeah. But I think Kevin was telling me, like, if you angle it a certain way, I was like, ah, it's not. I have to do that with that fender back there. Okay. I have to turn it sideways so it does work then okay yeah yeah okay i was like i don't know about that i don't want to <laughs> break this thing <laughs> um yeah guitar talk <laughs> one more thing i would do uh ask you about is i gotta pull up my stories again okay so uh i mentioned this before we started recording um the most streamed album of all time on Spotify is Bad Bunny's Un Verano Sinti. Um, so I wanted to ask a uh, huge Bad Bunny fan, Matt, uh, uh, what do you think of this <laughs> accomplishment? Happy for the guy. <laughs> Way to go, Bad Bunny. Way to go. You deserve it. Um, Why don't they get yeah. him for the Super Bowl if he's if he's like, that big? Wasn't he? Didn't he appear as like a? I don't know if it was a sporting event or maybe it was just like a VMA or something. But I feel like the first time I heard of him, he showed up with like Ariana Grande or somebody and did like a little verse and then disappeared before the song was over. That's the only time until recently that I had heard of this guy. I know he performed at the MLB All Star Game last year or 2021 okay um that he, he performed the at the all-star game ago for me. okay because i'm in this group chat with some of the um people who worked at the radio station and they're all into baseball and they're like who who is this bad bunny guy again <laughs> <laughs> and i was the only thing is like he's clearly one of the uh biggest uh music stars in the world and he doesn't sing in he doesn't sing in in english um and i'm gonna be honest with you i think it was camilla cabello that i saw him perform with which makes a hell of a lot more songs together i think they've done so i think i saw him perform with her randomly and i was like who is this guy and now he's dating uh well it's a jenner but it's a kardashian Oh, is he really? Yeah. Uh, Kendall? Oh, the hot one. Okay, sure. 
I that's how I distinguish them. Like she, she's the only she's the only one to me that like looks good because she hasn't done all the plastic surgery. Ah, uh, oh, she hasn't. As far as I know, oh yeah, she's I mean, kind okay. of yeah, maybe the 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 only natural looking one. Yeah. So yeah, um, I get them mixed up. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I, yeah. I know. I know who she is now, though. I just looked her at her. I know who she is. Because <laughs> <laughs> is it which one? It's Kylie that's got all the work done, right? Yeah. Yeah. That looks nothing like she did five years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. That's, there's a. You can. You can do too much. You can go too far. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for, well, this part of the music news, we're going to get to the charts, but after the cover song of the week and it is my pick. So, um, I just want to go a, a, a little bit of different direction. This might be cheating. Maybe not. Um, y'all can be the judge, but you're not hosting <laughs> this podcast, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, so, um, one of my favorite bands from the eighties, Simple Minds, uh, has oh, wow. a, they, um, one of my favorite songs by them is promise you a miracle. And they came out with a, an acoustic version. Like they came up with a, a whole acoustic album. It was covers of their own songs. And on this version of promise you a miracle, they, um, featured Katie Tunstall. I haven't heard from her in a while. So, um, you can check out their, their album called Acoustic, and it has 12 of their songs, an acoustic is version of 12 kicking of their on songs. There? Yes, it is. All right, I'm checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, Promise to a Miracle, and hold on, I got to switch it to, um, I don't have it connected to my computer, I just realized that. Okay, there we go. All right, so this is Promise You a Miracle by Simple Minds and Katie Tunstall, and we'll be right back. And eventually we'll start playing. And it's okay, I know why it's not playing. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Promise you a miracle. Belief is a beauty thing. Promises, promises As cold days break wandering chance I look As normal, we go just through the first verse. 
Um, still no playlist for this. <laughs> no playlist for this sec for this segment. Uh, one day, one day. Uh, so you can um, check out their album Acoustic. Simple Minds Acoustic. It's acoustic versions of their own songs. Um, so let's get to the charts before we get to Ben's earworm of the week. Uh, before we started recording, I let them know that um, Olivia Rodrigo is the first artist ever to have their first two lead singles um, debut at number one on the Hot 100. Uh, on the first album, it was Driver's License. And on this second album, it is Vampire debuting at number one. Um, have either of you heard this song? All right. Um <laughs> uh, I haven't heard it either. So um the song that was number one sure last <clears throat> week, but not dropped to number two this week because of Olivia Rodrigo. Last night by the redeemable Morgan Wallen. The unstoppable Morgan Wallen. Yeah. The, uh, well, yeah, Morgan Wallen. Um, <laughs> I do think now, like, as much as we've talked about it, and I still have not listened to a single song by him, um, what do you think? How, how many do you, how many people, like, what percentage do you think people are buying or streaming his, his music, um, out of, out of spite. spite and what i mean is like like out of like to support him because they feel like um <clears throat> they feel like he's being he was being canceled unjustly or he's been um uh you know people are just trying to railroad him um out of the industry i mean i think maybe at first it was like that but the more i observe He's got a he's got a really big fan base. Like it's like his fan base consists of a lot of people who just don't care about that. So I don't I think they're doing it out of spite. Like he's he's much bigger than I realized. I think I I realized that when I went to um well first when I, when I saw a video, well not first, first one to, to Nashville, and anytime one of his songs got played, like just how the crowd would react. But then also just watching videos on TikTok and stuff like that. And just he's got a huge fan base. So at this point, it might have started out like that, but it's not like that anymore. Like he's legit popular. Like it's, it's insane how popular he is. I don't know if he's approaching like Garth Brooks level of popularity, but he's pretty popular. Uh, are you for any kind of hard to any familiarity with uh, with his music, Matt? Uh, not his music. I he comes up a lot on some of the subreddits I follow because I I I knew he was something happened with him. I didn't. I don't know what. It, I don't know the details <laughs> at all. But I also hate country music. Yeah. So like, I have zero interest in anything <laughs> about it because he's not going to get my support regardless. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> I was, I hate to say subject. No, no, that's funny. No, I figured that'd be the answer that you don't like. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, speaking of more, we got more country. Uh, number three is Fast Car by Luke Holmes. Um, this is the, yes, a cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. And apparently a stipulation of him covering the song is he was not allowed to change any of the lyrics. Uh, so yeah. he worked in the market as a checkout girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number four, Calm Down by Rima and Selena Gomez. Number five, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Number six, All My Life by Lil Durk featuring J. Cole. Number seven, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Is this from Speak Now, Taylor's version? Nah, that, that's... Uh... Uh, I don't know what it's from, but it's not from the Speaking Now Taylor's version. I think okay. it's off of Lover. Is it from Lover? That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. I think that's what Manami told me. Okay. All right. Which is um, a decent album. Uh, number eight, <laughs> Fuck You Mean by Gunna. I don't know how this song gets played on the radio, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> that's the name of the song, Fuck You Mean. I know, it's just funny. <laughs> It does get played on the radio, and like, I, like what? What is it? What is? The, what do? You, what do they say? Like, oh, that's gonna with. Um, like, what do you say? Probably. <laughs> what do you say? What you mean? <laughs> uh, oh man, it's not even cleaned up. They just bleep out the. They just bleep out the first part. Oh, <laughs> they don't even. There's no. There's no alternate clean version. Not like you know, like with CeeLo. There's nothing like that. Uh, number nine, Karma by Taylor Swift featuring Ice Spice. Um, and number 10, favorite song by Tusi. Uh, I think I maybe heard two of those 10 songs. Um, but as most people know, I don't listen to the radio at all. Um, number, uh, well, the Billboard 200, these are the top 10 albums. <laughs> Debuting at number one, and this is apparently the first rap album to be number one on the Billboard 200 all year. It is Pink Tape by Lil Uzi Vert. And he's still doing stuff. I think he said if it went to number one or if it sold a certain amount, he was coming out with another album later this year. Um, so expect more Lil Uzi Vert for those who are fans of him. <laughs> I guess. Uh, number two, it fell to number two this week because of a little Uzi Vert, but it had been number one for a very long time. One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. <laughs> it's got legs, man. This is a train we can't stop, Matt. No, no one can stop it. <laughs> um, we talked about this like maybe a couple of years ago where um, I had a lot of jokes about Post Malone and then suddenly he had three albums in the top 10 uh, for a few months. And right now, Morgan Wallen is on that type of run. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my computer just restarted. Ben, do you have the charts up? Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, I was going crazier too, because I thought this was Genesis, but the name of the album is Genesis. It's Peso Pluma with Genesis, the album Genesis at three, Taylor Swift with Midnight's at four, uh, Dangerous the Double Album, Morgan Wallen at number five. 
SZA with SOS at number six. Gunna, fuck you, mean, I'm kidding. Gunna with a <laughs> gift and a curse at number seven. Taylor Swift with Lover at number eight. Aspa, I think that's how you say it. My World, the third mini album EP at number nine. And then like Rilo Rodriguez, yeah, probably. Rilo Rodriguez with Ben One at number 10. So I have not heard of a lot of these artists. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of them, but some of these I've, I've yeah. No clue who they are. All right. And we've got uh, the, the artist. Artist 100, number one this week. Uh, she was number one last week, Taylor Swift. Uh, number two, number 86 last week, <laughs> number two this week, <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert. Number three, uh, Morgan Wallen. Number four, Luke Combs. Number five, uh, Espa, the group you just mentioned. Um, they were unranked last week. <laughs> number six, SZA. Number seven, Peso Pluma. Number eight, Olivia Rodrigo. She'll probably be number one next week. Uh, number nine, Ed Sheeran. And number 10, Miley Cyrus. Um, I know it was like a while ago, but um, Ed Sheeran did win his um, his lawsuit against the Marvin Gaye estate. Because um, this was, a, I think, the second lawsuit Right. No. Yes. Yes. The second lawsuit. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was about. No, wait, that was with Robin Thicke. My bad. Uh, this lawsuit with the Marvin Gaye estate was about his song Thinking Out Loud, where it mm -hmm. they claimed it sampled or it <laughs> used uh, the melody for Let's Get It On uh, without uh, credit. And um, he ended up winning the well, the judge ruled in his favor. So he doesn't have to pay any royalties to the Marvin Gaye estate. Um, what do you guys think about that? Good. So like yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, ha I think I have a somewhat of an unpopular opinion about these kind of lawsuits mm -hmm. where it's like, I understand like stealing the melody. That's, that's kind of wrong. I mean, I get that. But at the same time, in my mind, I'm like, I wouldn't go listen to Ed Sheeran's song instead of Marvin Gaye. Like, I w that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, I'm not going to the one because I think it's a better version of what you made. Mm. It's like, it's a totally different song. Like, they sit on their own. It's a different... I would want to listen to one over the other, and depending on my mood or something. Like, that's kind of how I look at all these, like, they're lawsuits. I'm like, from you. Yeah. They're different. Like, mm. I don't know. That's me. I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that, but... Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I don't think it. it's wrong, though. I mean, they're both going to get play. That's essentially what you're saying. Like, one is not taking from the other, so right. it doesn't even matter. Right. Yeah. Like, but when you're with the most influential artist in black music, you know, there's just going to be a target on your back. Yeah. Whenever you I mean, I'm not saying that, like, anything. I don't think it ever should have happened, but <laughs> that's just kind of like. I, was great. I, I don't I get... think he gets the joke there. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear it. Sorry. No, he's so there was a whole there was a um a journalist in the UK some years ago that referred to Ed Sheeran as the most important artist in black music. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I, just, I missed you say oh, yeah, okay. I thought <laughs> never mind. I remember this running joke with you now. <laughs> I, I've heard you say this so many times. Yeah. 
That's how I you don't... always introduce him when he's on the list, right? Yeah, the most yeah. influential artist in black yeah. music. <laughs> that went right over my head. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I, I was like, I know it's been a while since we made the joke. I was like, I don't know if he remembers it, but yeah, clearly I didn't. But now I do. <laughs> he's got that target on his back. I'm telling you, if y'all haven't seen the movie yesterday, he's featured pretty prominently in it, and it's a very funny role for him. It kind of humanized him in my eyes. Now, I know it's like Beatles-centric, Ben. Do you think we should do an episode about that film? I absolutely would. I, th- I thought it was an excellent movie. Really? Yeah, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I've... I've. While I don't... I still don't love the Beatles, <laughs> my takes on them still have softened a bit, you know? Because um, I've always been, of course, a Paul McCartney fan. So, you know, I... Outside of like Hey Jude, I still kind of I like a lot of the stuff he did with the Beatles. So, because I've stayed away from pitching uh, Beatles Appreciation Month, because um, <laughs> we would. You want to do Beatles Appreciation Month? Yeah, it's it's only it's, I, if I, you can stomach it. <laughs> I do it. I mean, you can't deny their influence on, on popular music. I'll, as a matter of fact, I'll say this. I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but. Um, of course, AI covers have become a huge deal. People like, you know, taking other people's voices and doing AI I covers. Wanted to, I wanted to ask uh, Matt about that also, but go ahead. Yeah. There was, so someone had been doing Paul McCartney covers of modern songs. And they and they fit. They sound like they could be Beatles songs. And I, when I heard that, I was like, man, it really kind of goes to show. As a matter of fact, one of them was She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5. Paul McCartney singing. I was like, this totally sounds like this could be a Beatles song now, which I think really just goes to show how much they influence modern day pop music. So, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, because we, we've talked about uh, AI quite a bit in our last few episodes. Um, are the robots coming to get us? Like, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> Let me put that out there. And I don't think it'll, it may not happen in our lifetime, but like, they're going to get us. <laughs> but I will enjoy all of me coming from these AI voices until it happens. I find it fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. When I see the videos of like Biden, Trump, and Obama playing video games together, and oh, they're just talking brilliant. shit, they're fucking hilarious. <laughs> Like, give me all of that. Yeah. It's Have you heard the Patrick Patrick Starfish singing songs? I've, I've heard one. I, I don't remember what the song was, though. Okay, I've seen They're a hilarious. couple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I've also been seeing is um, uh, there's this artist, um, David something. I can't remember his name, but he's been <laughs> take, doing these AI images of, like, if uh, the royal family were homeless, this is what they would look like. <laughs> or <laughs> it was like now. if these U.S. politicians were black, or if um, if the Harry Potter characters were Asian, and he's making these <laughs> realistic uh, AI images. Um, the thing, the one that was funny to me was that he did like if these U.S. politicians were black. You know, um, gave uh, Hillary Clinton some dreadlocks. 
Um, George Bush, uh, George W. Bush had like, you know, little Afro, um, <laughs> Donald Trump looked the very same, except he had black skin. It was the, every, the hair was the same, <laughs> the way he wears a suit was the same. It was all, it was all the same. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll send you guys that, that, uh, that IG account, um, but yeah, just just wondering what what your thoughts were about AI because we, uh, what was the what was the guy who made the um the song that was the ghost, weekend Ghostwriter? He made the Ghostwriter. Yeah, he ghost made writer. the Drake stuff. The Drake and, and the everyone weekend, was like, and everyone thought it was a real it's song better than what Drake's but doing it, right yeah. now. <laughs> They're like, Drake's gonna get is getting showed up by AI Drake. <laughs> <laughs> like this is as a matter of fact, I played it at our housewing party. And people were like, oh, this is great. Like, it's not even really Drake, but everyone loved it. Like, <laughs> they're like dancing to it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it out there. It is, it's not bad. Like, yeah. it's getting better. It just is weird. Yeah, it is. Apparently on the new iOS, they can make your voice, like AI generate your voice. Have y'all seen that yet? Oh, uh, no. no. That freaks me out. Yeah, Marquise. The robots I think it's, are no, Marquise oh, yeah. Brownlee. I think, I think the robots are coming faster than we realize. Yeah. <laughs> like if, all you do is like record for 15 minutes and then like let it work. He said like let it work overnight and it'll basically spit out your voice talking back to you. Uh, and you can use that instead of like Siri or something. Uh, I don't want to hear myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have it was, it was like weird. That. It was even weird to him. And I mean, see, uh, he embraces a lot of tech. Yeah, it even kind of freaked him out a bit. <laughs> I've seen yeah. a lot of um, I, I may it, it might have been the same thing that that he was talking about that I saw that um, if you do something like that and then you can make like AI um, videos like a narration with your voice mm-hmm. and you don't even and they'll they'll write the they'll write <laughs> the program will write the speech for you you know it could be for a presentation or whatever and you don't even have to. Um, you just put in a prompt, like write a speech about this and then they'll do the speech in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Google, cause I know for a fact right now, uh, with the pixel phone, they have AI that will call and make appointments for you. Like you'll give it the phone number to someplace and it'll call the place and use their AI speech analytics and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years they match it to your voice. Cause they've already like I know on my phone I can have I can have Bixby have a conversation with you, like I just text what I wanted wanted to say to you. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're not close to like fake you calling people <laughs> and interacting with them. And it's like, is this robot Matt or real Matt? I don't know. <laughs> you have to like yeah. ask it questions to confuse it. Or something. I mean, we really aren't far from it. Have you seen the Twitch channel? This goes back to politics again. There's a whole Twitch channel of a fake Donald Trump and fake Biden having a presidential debate, and it's all AI generated, and it can interact with the chat. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but now I want to. Now, it, don't um, get me wrong. It's full of flaws. Like, it's really stupid because all they're doing is just, like, throwing insults at each other, and it usually doesn't make a ton of sense. But the mm-hmm. fact that it's interacting with the chat and calling out their names and answering their questions, that's wild to me i didn't think it was on that level yet i'm writing this down 
Matt, it, it might happen in our lifetime, man. It might yeah, happen no, in I, our I, lifetime. I was trying to be hopeful or optimistic, but yeah. Well, I mean, this is why Kendra tells me we'd be nice to the Echoes. Oh, man, I curse mine out all the time. I need to stop take, doing it. Like, don't take me out. It's probably why half my lights don't work when I need them to. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing I know, my Apple ID is going to be stolen. Give oh, away. God. All right, so um, that'll do it for our music news and some other some other uh, fun things. So, uh, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Um, I think this is the first time we've ever even talked about her on here before. But Haley Steinfeld. Um, I don't know if y'all seen. Did y'all ever see that Bumblebee movie? Nope. I haven't seen it wasn't anything bad. related to Transformers. So what I did not realize is that was supposed to be a reboot. But they wouldn't specifically call it a reboot, and unless was it Michael did well, like it's the no, and that's the thing, oh, okay. like it's and it's the best reviewed. It was the best reviewed Transformers movie, so I watched. You it mean the Marky Mark? He didn't have the best review. <laughs> I think he actually had the worst review. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> uh, so I watched it, and it was actually good. It takes place in the '80s, and it stars Haley Steinfeld, and they actually use the like the '80s designs of the Transformers. Huh. Because I remember watching the first ones, I was like, and uh, watch them, like, wonder why they did this before. Like, it's like watching the cartoon come to life. So it's kind of cool. I don't think I knew that it was supposed to be set in the 80s. I thought it was just present day. So, yeah, I didn't know that either about Bumblebee. It's just, just going to be like know. if they make it connect that her character is uh, Shia LaBeouf's mother or Megan Fox's mother or Who something. Knows? Well, this is a complete reboot because the new one that just came out is set in the 90s now. So but there's a second the one Michael Bay. Yeah, because Bumblebee came out in 2018. And then the new one oh, just wow. came out recently. But all the other ones. New. I thought Bumblebee was new. See, that's how much I don't nah. care. <clears throat> the other <laughs> ones, though, are just like, they don't matter anymore. So like Sam Witwicky. Um, I'm going to stop because I've seen all these Transformers movies. But um, I said that to say she did, of course. She's a singer. She's in the movie. You're going to be on the soundtrack. That's just how it goes. Um, and it's the song that plays over the closing credits. It's a song. I don't know if it was a song that she did originally, but like they have an '80s remix of it because it's in the '80s. Um, and so I thought it was kind of cool, and I've been listening to it a lot. So, yeah. all right. So this is "Back to Life," the '80s remix. Haley Steinfeld and Eris Arcon Arcantis Archantis is that the producer yeah, or something? Perfect. I don't know. And uh, we'll be right back.
All right, so that is Back to Life, 80s remix, Haley Steinfeld uh, from the film Bumblebee, which I just found out came out five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was never, like I said, I was never into Transformers as a kid. So, of course, the movies did not interest me. Um, Yeah, I had way too much time um, this weekend. (laughs) I think I watched like, I think I legit watched like three Transformers movies between Friday and afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of time. So we started this episode with the song uh, Belief by John Mayer, a live version from his, what was the name of that live album again? Uh, Where, Where the, the Light, Light Is. is. Yeah. Uh, which it was, were these all on the same yeah, this is all the same. It's show. a very it's, long, yeah. I because it was a it's a double disc, if you will. Um, hey, double disc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do the kids know what that is anymore? Right. But I thought it was like okay, this was these were live songs uh, at this place, and then the second disc is live songs at this other place. But it's all at the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a super long Matt, and so. And that's one of the reasons I wanted Matt on for this episode, because I know we're both John Mayer fans. And he introduced you actually introduced I don't know if you knew this, you introduced me to that that DVD. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's you're the reason I knew about so it. So good. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful musical moment. It has the three, you know, the him acoustic with the uh John Mayer trio and then with the full band. And I think it was a really good indication really of kind of like where he was and where he's going and then of course he started doing folk <laughs> now he just does whatever he wants he's yeah. basically at that point now he can just do whatever he wants now because i don't think he's trying to make you know hit music or money he just happens to like i didn't know new light was his most streamed song i never realized that oh i didn't know that either yeah oh well, at least on spotify that's his, it's like over 100 million streams <laughs> I do really like the song. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt like that song, he was kind of being silly John Mayer. You yeah. Know? Like he wasn't taking himself too seriously. And I can dig that. I like that. Uh, so we'll be talking about uh, his <laughs> album, Continuum. And oh, look, new background. Um, hey. <laughs> so um, this album came out in 2006. This was his... Um, third, his well, third, third full length, but fourth yeah. studio, if you count Inside Once Out. All right, um, and if you you can, if you also count the John Mayer Trio album, um, and <laughs> was there another project in there? No, I don't but, think he did anything else. Yeah, but um, yeah, so this came out. This had. Um, Songs Waiting on the World to Change, Belief, Gravity, Dreaming with a Broken Heart, and then later uh, Say, uh, which was a bonus, was the reissue the next year included that song. From the Karate Uh, Kid movie with Jaden Smith. (laughs) uh, This was also in, it was written for the film The Bucket List. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. Hmm. I've not seen that movie. I have seen the Karate Kid movie, but I have not seen it either. 
Yeah. You're not missing much with the Karate Kid movie. I it's, didn't think so. Yeah. It felt like a paycheck movie for Jackie Chan. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he was paid very well, but, you know, it just, yeah, it just, why? You know, it was one of those things that, and this is a, per, I'm a person who, like, doesn't mind anything being remade. Like, remake all the movies you want. I could have done without that one. <laughs> yeah, I could have done without it. But Will Smith insisted that you know his son's gonna be a star. That's that. That's I know. Nepo babies are a really big thing right now. Like, dude, Will really tried to make Jaden a thing. <laughs> like he just kept, you know, like most actors are like, all right, dude, you can barely talk. You're not gonna be in movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you're Will Smith's son, so we're gonna stick you in After Earth. Have y'all seen that movie, After Earth? No. I haven't even tried to watch Jesus it. Jesus Christ, he can barely. Like he can barely talk. I don't know how he raps, because he sounds like you can understand him when he raps, but when he like talks regular, you can't understand him. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, he just kept getting chances. Didn't understand it. <laughs> he was also in. Um, he was also in the show The Get Down, on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Is that why I got canceled? I'm, I know that that show was apparently very expensive. <laughs> it was. It was very I don't expensive. Really heard of that show. Yeah, it's about like the birth of hip hop. Yeah, basically the birth of hip hop. Um, didn't Baz Luhrmann do that one too? Yeah. Yeah. I so he he, he, like he Baz Luhrmann did that. It's it's uh yeah, and because it was a period piece, it became very very expensive, and probably for the music too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so but they got like two seasons, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Netflix uh, was like, nah, bro. We can't, <laughs> <laughs> can't keep putting money. <laughs> Sorry, Baz. <laughs> um, so with this album, um, uh, they, he recorded between November 2005 to September 2006, uh, recording in L.A., New York, and Memphis, Tennessee, um, produced by John Mayer with Steve Jordan. And... Uh, this was a a change, I guess you would say. Uh, previously, heavier things and room for squares, um, more of the <laughs> more poppy, I guess you'd say. And uh, mm -hmm. this one is more bluesy soul, and some people call it a blue-eyed soul album. Yeah, there's a lot of R&B influences, um, which... It's funny because, you know, some people would say, and he probably even him, he would say, this is more the album that he's been wanting to make. He'd been wanting to make um, heavy blues influences after heavier things. He starts going out. He does a song with Herbie Hancock. He starts performing with like Buddy Guy, Eric Clapton, those types of people. And then pairs up with like the legendary Pino Palladino and Steve Jordan and just starts giving us some really really good blues music. Yeah. So um, we've made some references to John Mayer before. Um, mostly, I feel like it's mostly what he's done outside of music. Um, but um, I think even at the time, I don't know if, if we talked about it, but it just seeing in interviews or what we've read about him that, you know, after, 
room for squares and heavier things that he didn't want to make that kind of music anymore. I feel like that's something that Ben may have said to me that also that yeah. it didn't seem like he wanted to make um, something your body is a like, wonderland. Yeah. Making your body's a wonderland over and over again. Um, yeah. So he has this album, which like I said, it was a departure for what he was making before. Um, so uh, I'll ask you, Matt, like as far as this like change in style, um, what did you think of it when you first listened to it or, or over time, how you, how you've heard it? Uh, well, it totally surprised me because from the beginning, I didn't like John Mayer, you know, cause I knew him of like your body's a wonderland and oh man, dating all of like my crushes at the time. Like Fuck you dude. So <laughs> it wasn't, you know, I feel like I had the attitude towards him that a lot of guys my age when he came out did, you know, it was like, poppy soft kind of rock that really appealed to most women i would think at the mm -hmm. time at least but um oddly enough it wasn't until i saw that dvd that i realized how much better of a guitar player he is than i thought and how much more he is into blues and then realizing that his biggest influence is like stevie ray vaughn i think mm -hmm. um so then i started going back and listening and um <clears throat> so it's like Ever since then, ever ever since I realized like those songs on that album, this album, Continuum, that like that's where I started liking him. I was like, okay, you're more than just let me touch your body kind of guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can actually play guitar really well. You, like, and then I started like deep diving and watching like his lessons he would do on YouTube and stuff. I'm like, okay, this guy like really knows his shit. And then you know, finding out he went to what was it, Juilliard or Berkeley? I, Berkeley. I think it was Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there was a whole other aspect of him that I never would have guessed existed mm -hmm. until I started listening to these songs. Specifically, I think Slow Dancing in a Burning Room, as much as I don't like that song now because I've heard it way too many times, it was like my gateway into his blues stuff, which brought me to... I can't even say it brought me to this album because when I started <laughs> listening to his stuff was the time where... I didn't listen to albums. I made playlists. So mm. a lot of these songs on this album, I had zero clue were even on. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> when I mentioned the songs. So on when there. we went, when I went back to it to listen for this, I was like, oh my God, it has like all my favorite songs on this one album. So it, um, now I understand all the hype behind this album from his fans. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was, this one really opened my eyes to the musician he is. Yeah. I mean, he's still kind of a, not as douchey now, but I mean, he's he's come a long way. Yeah, he has. But him as a person for a long time, I was like, ah, I don't really like you. I kind of saw him the same way like Fred Durst. Like, I love Limp Bizkit, but Fred Durst is pretty douchey. But now mm -hmm. that they're older and a little bit wiser, they're both pretty tolerable. <laughs> uh, uh, how about you, Ben? Like, how were you, how were you introduced to this album? What does it stick out? How does it, why does it stick out to you? So similar, so similar to Matt, but not similar to Matt. I've been a John Mayer fan since the beginning, since I heard No Such Thing. Um, um, Greg, you may or may not remember, early in, in college, I was trying to be John Mayer. Yes. Like, I was wearing deep cuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I was just a huge fan. <laughs> I did not like Your Body is a Wonderland, though. That song is trash. Like, that song is so bad. Um, but like why Georgia and um, 
um, back to you and then going to heavier things, you know, when heavier things came out, I was extremely excited. Um, I didn't like daughters at first, but learned to like it. I loved bigger than my body clarity, you know, shout out to the, the, um, the quest love feature on that one. And then I wasn't, so I knew about those two albums and then like in college, I just, there's a lot of things I kind of just lost track of. And I didn't realize that he had continuum. Like I just started hearing waiting on the world to change. And I was like, okay, he's got a new song out, but never put two and two together. And then I would also hear dreaming with a broken heart. And I thought it was just like a random single or something. Cause they used to play it on the, that pop station in Carrollton that used to play like weird songs that were, it felt like they were only popular in Carrollton and nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you left Carrollton, you would never hear that song. Like I used to hear the second single by Anna Nalik that no one knew she had. I heard it in Carrollton, but if you left Carrollton, no one played it. Um, <laughs> so I figured it's just one of those types of songs. And I don't think, I think maybe five, four or five years after I graduated, I realized Continuum was a thing and started listening to it and went back and realized like, you know, that's where the change came. But I knew that change for him was coming because since I was a huge John Mayer fan, I did keep up with a lot of the things he did outside of just his music. So I knew that um, like I'd heard his live version of Lenny by um, Ray Vaughn, where he goes into Man on the Side, which is a really cool cover. I was also familiar with... Um, the stuff he was doing with the John Mayer trio because a friend of mine was really big into John Mayer and she gave me a bootleg copy of Try by John Mayer and I listened to that. So I knew he was going in that direction. I heard the Herbie Hancock song, Stitched Up, that he did. Um, so then when I finally did go back and listen to some of these, because like some the first time I ever heard, um, uh, God, what was it? Gravity and Slow Dancing in a Burning Room was on that DVD where the light is <laughs> yeah. and then just work my way back. And I was like, huh, okay, this is that, you know, and that's kind of when I was like, all right, I think this is his, you know, his best album. I think by then though, he was on his way to folk at that point, mm. like born and raised wasn't far after that. Um, and I forget the other one born and raised and whatever that one after that one was, I wasn't a huge fan of his, um, no, Battle Studies was out, and then Born and Raised, and then yeah. Oh, I forgot about Battle Studies. Yeah, Battle that Studies was a weird was transition. Like the, yeah, that was supposed to be the Bastard album. Like he was all over the place apparently. Yeah. Because he had the song with um, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Where he oh, tried to right. compare it to him doing a song with um, Stevie Nicks. He was like, "She's my Stevie Nicks. I'm her Tom Petty." This is what he, how he compared it. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, the lead single from Battle Studies was like, who says? Where he's like, who says I can't get stoned? Like, it was a weird transition for him there. He was yeah. finding himself, I think. Um, before he just went folk. And now, you know, you got like Sob Rock and, and things like that to where. Didn't he make an album with, was it an album or a song with Katy Perry also? Yeah, he had a he song with Katy Perry. Who you, just like with Taylor Swift, he was dating her at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we ever got a Taylor, a, a, a Katy Perry song. We did get a, a Taylor Swift song though, and uh, we got, we a, got a Katy Perry song. song. It was on Paradise oh, Valley. What was it called? Uh, it was called "Who You Love." Oh no, no, I meant like a song about her. Oh no, I, I was just talking about a song with her. <clears throat> oh, okay, yeah, so like it's "Paper Doll," um, by John Mayer was about her. Was about Taylor Swift. 
And I know with, with battle studies after she made with, Dear uh, John <laughs> with half of my and heart me. with Taylor Swift, she is uncredited. Yeah. Really? Huh. I think I would have big machine wouldn't let her be credited. I think she's credited as a co writer. Mm-hmm. Nope. Completely uncredited. <laughs> is there a is there a weird name? Because she has like she works no. in a pen name sometimes. Okay. No, there's no other name. <clears throat> Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But with um I would say with uh with continuum, I, I confuse it with heavier things, uh basically. Um but in listening <laughs> to it, it like yeah, there's the the definite change in, in tone. Uh, like I said, I feel like he uh he just didn't want to make music like those two albums anymore. Um the the I guess the song that I got tired of hearing was <laughs> Waiting on the World to Change. It just yeah. it just felt like cheese. It was just yeah. it was just cheese. And there was a um there's a radio show that that I produced that um had that song in rotation uh a lot. And um the more that it kind of makes sense now where I really <laughs> hadn't heard that it was this is considered like a soul album. Um, but Waiting on the World to Change sounds like a Curtis Mayfield, mm-hmm. uh, the heavy Curtis Mayfield influence. That's um, 60s, yeah. 70s style soul music. Yeah, yeah. The, the impressions. <laughs> Every song yeah. the impressions he had been listening to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do like Slow Dancing in Burning Room. I haven't heard it as much <laughs> as apparently Matt has. Oh my god! Uh, so I'm not as annoyed by it. <laughs> like it's still, I'll still admit it's a great song. But Jesus yeah. Christ, I hear it all the time from so many YouTube people, guitar players. That anytime, oh, really? you, anytime they talk about John Mayer, you hear that you hear that intro riff, and then you're like, Jesus, shut the fuck up. He has other songs. I was gonna suggest a live version of it with Chris Stapleton, but never mind, never mind. <laughs> I mean, if you want to play, it, no, it's fine. It's just like, yeah. I'll send it to That's you. That's like it's, the it's, one song yeah. all the guitar player YouTubers go to with him. I'm like, he's got other songs that yeah, are just a as lot good. of songs. Yeah. I uh, huh, okay. Uh, like I, I can I confuse the, those two. I confuse gravity gravity with clarity. Um. Mm. Uh, and he did say that gravity. The way he wrote gravity, he uh his like test run was the song uh come back to bed from heavier things that was like his test run in trying to write a song that eventually became gravity so that that was that was interesting and um i liked his uh jimmy hendrix uh cover i didn't know that i didn't oh, yeah. realize that was a, a cover of just, yeah. love. again the live version oh it's so good <laughs> except for when he starts talking in the middle isn't that i think he starts like giving a speech in the middle of that one it's been a long time since I've seen it. I've been meaning to get a copy of it, um, and maybe just watch it one evening. Is he, but I, I'm sure. Do you watch it regularly? You've got yeah, you so many concert DVDs oh, and yeah. Blu-rays. I used to watch those all the time. I haven't watched one in a while. I was so envious of your collection. <laughs> I am a sucker for live DVDs. Like mm-hmm. I got a few from Three Eleven and Incubus. No surprise. But then, uh, yeah, the John Mayer one. There's a, a Primus one, I think. I think I remember watching a. I think a Chili Peppers one he had. That might have been Bannister. He had the one that was okay. in like black and white. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was banisters. Okay. I want to answer that. Like, since you you have that you have a collection, I guess. What makes the what makes it different than the album itself? Like, what makes the live version like stand out to you more? Um, it's so usually what makes it more fun for me is if the artist takes some liberties with it over what was recorded. So like with John Mayer, he's adding a lot of like solos and like segues mm -hmm. and stuff. And it just, but especially with him in particular, the energy that like was captured with that, you can, it, I think it comes across really well. So like, I really feel like I'm part of it when I watch it. I know that sounds really stupid, but like, I feel more with it when I'm watching yeah. it. And then like the, with Incubus, those ones I have, it's because it sounds more raw and you feel like you're watching a band play. Like I'm not watching an overproduced every mistake taken out kind of thing. And everything is yeah. perfect. Like it just is more fun for me that way. Cause I just love live music. So like if that's mm -hmm. the only way I can enjoy it, so be it. And I'm going to take it for what I can. I, it's all I, about that energy. With the, I get, since you enjoyed the, the, the live, uh, the live album or live DVD with these songs, you know, and then with the, the change that from the music he was making, um, I don't know what, what was like kind of the expected trajectory for him as far as being this superstar. But when you say that, you know, when he adds little things here and there in the live shows, that can be um that can be fun for people who like enjoy enjoy music <laughs> you know who enjoy uh you know blues music or or <clears throat> folk music or you know how, however you want to categorize him if you enjoy that then um him doing that can be enjoyable but i guess for the audience that I guess we thought he was supposed to have or that he did gather yeah. with those first two albums. <laughs> it, um, it changes things. Uh, it, yeah. it changes the perspective on him. That's why I think this album is also the one that kind of like, as far as his popularity goes in pop music, and maybe he did it on purpose. I feel like he did it on purpose that this was kind of the downswing of all of that uh, as far as the music that he's making because he is he's not making your body as a wonderland again mm -hmm. uh, he's making these songs that are more uh, more personal and more introspective and not um, and then probably in some cases maybe harder to play for the guy trying to perform his song <laughs> some open mic at a cafe in a small college town i feel yeah, i, I kind sense. of feel triggered by that <laughs> <laughs> as a guy in a, in a small college town you, you were no, I, I i i i had you in that category but you're not the only one in that category <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> That was totally me in like from 02 to like 04, 05. I learned Comfortable, just which was actually a pretty hard song for some chick who I never got to play it for. With the same motivations. Well, Jeez. 
Yeah. <laughs> we saw what happened with the other girl you played for. Oh, God. <laughs> or I didn't just see it, but I heard the story. I, yeah, yeah, no, it probably was a good thing, too, because I don't want to, I didn't want to scare her off. I, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> so, um, but I, 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 and I do think there is some truth to that because um, I think part of the reason why he changed it kind of back up with battle studies and had a couple of songs that were a little bit more you know, like radio friendly, probably just because, you know, he didn't outside of waiting on the world to change. I don't think he really had any radio hits off of, off of this, like some adult contemporary stuff. Um, I think uh, I read that uh, uh, slow dancing in a burning room went on the adult contemporary charts, but like for the most part, there weren't a lot of radio singles from this album, which I don't mind, you know, this yeah. was, you know, kind of like people say, like, you know, Andre 3000 is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. I feel like this album is like your favorite musician's favorite album. Like, this is the one where people looked at him differently. I looked at him the same just because, like I said, I'd always been a fan. Um, but, you know, I just the, the the songs were, you know, they just got a little bit more real, you know, <laughs> a little bit more musicianship in them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Slow Dancing in a Burning Room was it uh, reached as high as number 10 on the radio, but that was in Indonesia. Um, and yeah, Billboard, there's another single he had that was in South Africa. He released in South Africa. There are some very odd places where he released these singles. Uh, yeah, but Slow Dancing was also regarded as Billboard regards it as his best song. So I read that. I want to ask y'all. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> surprise some, surprise some, some... <laughs> i don't agree i think let me because I, I made a note about that and i was like i don't even think that song i i wouldn't put it over white georgia i wouldn't put it over belief i wouldn't even put it over helpless from the search for everything like it's a good song but i don't think it's his best song ever i just think it's a really good song but I don't. I wanted to get y'all's opinions. And I feel like Matt's already kind of given his. <laughs> well, I guess it just depends on what's the criteria you're looking at to make it his best song. Because, like, yeah. I would admit to me, I feel like it's the most, the most creative lyrically. I think in my so, and I noted opinion. that as well. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the guitar playing and the like, it's all great, but. I think he's got other songs that are better than that. Like, if you want to go off of, like, uh, I mean, I don't even know, like, difficulty, I would even say Neon is way, First like, his hardest song. Mind. And yeah. not not to mention, not only is it an incredibly difficult song to play, it's good. Like, it's catchy. It's a good song. Yeah, that usually so doesn't good. happen. Yeah. At least, I, in my opinion, I think. But I don't know. So it just, just depends on what What's the criteria they're using? Because um, I don't yeah, even I don't think it's like it his catchiest Billboard. song. No, I don't. And that's the thing. I, I, I have to think that they're probably looking at it from maybe like a lyrical like standpoint. A <laughs> like, because I love the metaphors that he like the slow dance. Like the slow dancing in Burma is a is a beautiful metaphor. Yeah. But for me, like it's just not as it's not his best song. Yeah. No. It's and I remember I, I looked it up because I looked up the list. And like I just like I I didn't think it was let me let me pull it back up because even with their number two, 
I didn't think that was the best, um, second best song. Your body is um, free falling. His cover of free falling from where the light is. They have as a second best song. Count. Right. His cover should yeah. count. I mean, he did a really good version of it, but like, that's not yeah. his. Stop this train. That was number three. Half of my heart. Number four. The- New light. Number five. Um, yeah, daughters doesn't the song of the year. <laughs> daughters doesn't make until number seven, which I I, th- I would put in his top five. I would too. Yeah, like daughters was really really like that. I it, it kind of blew my mind how well he wrote how well the song how good of a song that is. Um, yeah, it's this yeah, it's a it's an interesting um, it's an interesting list though. I don't agree with all of it though. Your body is a wonderland is at number twelve, by the way. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I'll try to look at see if he had any familiar names, at least to me. Uh, on what the on album. this album? Yeah. Oh, oh yes, um, Greg. Oh yes. Well, the the only one I know outside of uh, Pino Palladino and Steve Jordan, the only other one I know is Ben Harper. Yeah, those uh, are the main but, three. And well, Charlie Hunter, I think, if that's the, yeah, Charlie Hunter. I, I will say too. that's it. James Valentine, although he's not a big name, he played with Maroon Five, so that's kind of cool. He was on track seven and eleven, but um, yeah, Pino Palladino and Steve Jordan. This was essentially this entire album was essentially backed by the John Mayer Trio, essentially, with help from some other people. I don't know, like Ben Harper has guitar credits on. Um, track was that on belief i don't know if he played the solo if he just played rhythm parts i don't know i i don't know how you what you think matt i can't see john mary giving up a solo <laughs> to anybody so yeah i can't imagine ben harper's playing the solo on this one just don't see that in him but um well so he's always been very vocal about his solos and like if it fits the song that's mm-hmm. what belongs. So if someone came to him with a better solo than he could come up with, I bet he would let them do it. Like if he, felt it, if he fit, <laughs> if it fit better in his eyes than what he was playing, I could see him doing that. Because yeah. I feel like on the DVD, who is the, I know you'll know him. He's another Atlanta guy, David Ryan Harris, right? He's David playing with him. Freaking Ryan Harris. And I'm man. pretty sure he yeah. plays a solo on one of the songs. But I, I mean, that's live. So like, that's a little yeah. different, but. Because I know he plays some. I want to think he plays some licks on their on the version of Free Fallen as well. Because mm-hmm. I love the way that video is shot where they all come and sit down with him and they play. So yeah, but yeah. God, I love Devin Harris. That's that's a person who is un like unsung, underrated, all that stuff. Like just yeah. The uh, with David Ryan Harris, I, it was almost my cover song of the week, but it was would have been. A little too much. Uh, he has a cover. <laughs> he has a cover of um, "Slow Dancing in a Burning Room," um, <laughs> and it was the same. It was with the same um, people that he did that cover of "Watermelon Sugar" that Ben doesn't like. I just don't like that song. <laughs> in period. But you know, I can uh, listen to Dave Ron Harris sing anything. So. <laughs> I think he has another album where he like redoes his own songs. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. He uh, he did a good show. I saw him in Atlanta and he was playing with John Mayer's backing band at the time. Was it at but, um Eddie's Attic? Is it Smith's? Oh, okay. 
Um, so with this uh, album, um, I guess Matt, what was the like kind of the first track that kind of stood out to you um, while listening to it, whether you knew it was on the album or not, but it was uh, kind of a song maybe you related to or that it just production wise, it was good. Anything like that? Um, honestly, I think it would have to be belief only because I just I love that song. Like, I, I can't say I relate to it. Like, I'm I think I've this to you before. Lyrics are always the last thing I really pay attention to on a song. So, like, I can't even tell you what the <laughs> lyrics are, but that's like, I just I think that was the first time hearing him play. Like, I was like, I didn't know you could play like that. <laughs> and then it just like that. That's what really grabbed me for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there's a little bit of depth to you, John Mayer. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me, uh, let me take a look at what's going on here. But I mean, I have to give credit credits due though. I like I said, slow dancing is the song that really pulled me into this side of his stuff. But belief is the one that really like hooked me really hooked yeah. me in how about you ben um so just to kind of ex- expand on what matt said this is hands down my favorite song from this album and a top five for me from him i did not know this was an album at first like when i started when i started listening to this song it was back when i first got um rhapsody i think and i just i didn't realize you know i would just go to their profile and listen to songs didn't realize that's what it was. Listen to this song for years and before I realized it was on this album. It's just such a good song. You know, it's bluesy, but not too not overly bluesy. You know, I think sometimes it can be a song can be like obnoxiously bluesy sometimes. This combines everything he's done up to this point and the blues and it just sounds really good. You know? This was this was actually the song that you're talking about that was released in South Africa. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was Belief. Um, in America, it charted number nine on the adult alternative songs. I don't know what that chart means, but that's the only place it charted in America. And yeah. as another the aside, that Ben Harper played on. As another aside as well, so, you know, I, I started listening to this after I went left West Georgia. So... I have a lot of memories tied to it. So like going out in East Atlanta, going out in Marietta, um, and then going in Buckhead with the match. Like when you all live down in that area mm-hmm. where it was essentially Buckhead adjacent. Like it reminds me of that time in my life. So I was probably making some bad decisions too, but- We all were. <laughs> <laughs> we all but like were. it really reminds me of those, of those times. And I know like even like, Greg, we would go out in Decatur. Like those, that's when I was really listening to this song, not realizing it was on Continuum, just being like, I love this John Mayer song. So a lot of memories tied to this. Um, that was first time I really, I, well, maybe like maybe earlier today, it was maybe the first time that I actually heard the song or, you know, heard, listened. I didn't know. I didn't really know what was on this album. Like I said, I confused it with with heavier things. Uh, so the the one I, I know like is waiting on the world to change, and <laughs> that's the one I can't stand. Um, it was funny. <laughs> you know, I don't listen to that song often, but 
I sing the chorus out loud around my house all the time. I'll just be <laughs> doing whatever. I'll be I'll be picking up trash. And I'm just like, wait down. <laughs> on the road, like, and that's all I'll sing, and then I'm done. Like, it happens more often than I'd like to admit. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I, I I feel like that song was also like included in commercials or oh yeah um, inappropriate uh, social things. Wasn't it on CSI? Like he played it, it. On when this album came out. I think that he played it. Oh man, that they were at like a concert and then Hold the on. lead lady got like date raped at his concert. So that oh, looked real good. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised he allowed that to happen. Right? Oh snap! I see. Uh... Oh, yeah, I, I, then I, later, never, I never watched. He CSI, plays slow dancing. So I never oh, watched CSI. CSI four. I only watched. Um, yeah, only when yep. I watched. I was... see the video right here. <laughs> Only one I watched was CSI Miami, so I don't know. Oh, that one is so bad, it's good. I I binge-watched the whole series when it was on Netflix. It's great. It was as, yeah, it was as bad as I thought. Um, So, yeah, I I haven't, I didn't, um, I didn't know this was on CSI. I just felt like it was in, like, commercials for, like, um... I don't know some some shoe or <laughs> or mm. uh, some for a PSA or something. Oh well, you remember when he had the commercial for that car, and he was like plugging his amp into the car, and he was like, "Oh what, yeah, was it a VW? Was it the bug?" I think so. I think so. That sounds that sounds familiar. I just remember because he was like familiar. sliding the guitar on the like yeah. car door or something. <laughs> But just forgot about to think that. How, Why? how big he used to be. Right. I had to think about that. Like he's because he's, you know, like younger people probably don't know now, but like John May used to be like the dude. Like mm-hmm. he dated, like you say, dated all the hot women and he had commercials, all that stuff. He the other song that he played on bit. there too was uh <laughs> for, was like, for one slow episode. dancing in a burning room. That's other song this he played is... with Yep. <laughs> was that in a commercial too? <laughs> Was that Nick no, Marshall? not in the commercial. Oh, I thought. No. It was. <laughs> I kind of for you, Matt. <laughs> I kind of put. Um, it's kind of like this, uh, and probably only people our age would would understand it. I think at the time, if you hear like how some people use like their hobbies or their some of their interests and like presented as like some kind of personality trait like someone who says they like to travel uh-huh. that doesn't say anything to me that says, says you like to travel you. that doesn't that doesn't say anything about the kind of person like you are to to Atlanta. <laughs> I kind of feel like <clears throat> like someone who was a, a fan of there were a lot of guys I'm not I'm not putting Ben in this category not this time oh god but <laughs> it was it was a lot of dudes that we went to that we were around in college at West Georgia that were huge fans of John Mayer and Dane Cook, like the Venn oh. diagram, the, the crossover <laughs> of those guys. I was almost two circles. A lot of crossover. I mean, one circle. <laughs> it might have been. might have been one circle. They also like Jack Johnson and... Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can I and, stand um, that guy? Yeah, the, I, the, the, the like. I learned to like some of his stuff. 
because Amy was a big fan of him, so I started to kind of mm. like get into it a little bit. Yeah, of Jack like Johnson? I understood it. Yeah, I understood it from her perspective. Why? Why yeah. it was pop- it was very simple, catchy stuff, but you know. Yeah, it's you and Chris country. were the first two people I knew that actually would. What was that song he had? The big I know she knows. The um, flake. Flake was his first single. Okay, that was his first single. I believe so. Oh wow! I don't think I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was I'm one of those. those days. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we played it once. I just like I remember. Yeah. Trust like, oh, me, I. Song and... I. It's definitely a guilty pleasure for me. I know a lot. lot of like. But... Yeah. And Matt like showed time. up like playing it. I was like, damn, he's playing it like exact. Like, he's just, <laughs> I, was kinda like, I was just kind of like BSing my way through it. I was like, yeah, I don't know this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, so yeah. with some of these, I wanted to look at some of the, I guess, the critical reception of some of these songs. Um, someone called "Waiting on the World to Change," the song of uh, a lovely and anger-free ode to a vaguely dissatisfied generation. What do you think that, what is that supposed to mean? I would maybe say protest light. Like it's like, hey guys, we should make a change, but you know, but we're on not. your own on You your own don't time. have to do it, <laughs> yeah. wait for someone else to do it. Exactly, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting at or what yeah. I'm getting from it. Like, it's funny we know there's a the problem, though, like, but we refuse to fix it. <laughs> like, you think back to like 2005, 2006, like that's the end of like the Bush era. So yeah. it's like, you know, wonder like, what is he, what are we waiting on? You know, gas prices to go down, gas prices pull out of Iraq. I don't know. Like, what are we waiting on? Yeah, it like the world to change. Like that had been going on for a few years. Like, okay, so what's supposed to. I feel like we're still there now, honestly. Oh, Are yeah. we still in Iraq and in Afghanistan right now? I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we're still there. Um, <clears throat> Someone played uh, the John Mayer song. <laughs> <laughs> don't they know? We're waiting on this to change. <laughs> That's we, the problem. And they now, haven't gotten the message yet. And they're there, too. We're waiting, too. We haven't, got, we haven't heard anything. <laughs> That's why we're still here. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and someone else wrote that no, not not a single of Mayor's contemporaries. Who would have been his contemporaries at the time? I don't know. Um, Jason Mraz, maybe. <laughs> I still remember, like, I remember from my freshman class, <laughs> someone told when before you know Jason Mraz really blew up or came out or whatever. She was like, "Oh my god, have you heard of this guy named Jason Mraz?" I'm like, no. She's like, "Oh my god." He's like John Mayer, but he's a better singer. <laughs> That's how she described him exactly. And I just came out, I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> Did I tell you guys about the billboard that was around town when I first moved out here? No. When I was in mm-hmm. uh so I was when I was living down in the little like surf town when I first moved out here, there's there was a random billboard that just said someone paid for this, and all it says is where's Jason Moratz? <laughs> Or like, where are you, Jason Mraz? <laughs> and that's all it said. There was no like website on there. There was nothing. Turns not out, a, where's Jason like his, dot com? No, it turns <laughs> out his. I think his family lives near there, like or at least his mother or something. But we still don't know the reason or who put it up. But yeah, it was up there for a while. Just where are you, Jason Mraz? <laughs> what? I wish we 
had he been reported missing at some point? Well, I mean, that's that's not a way to like about that guy. If he if he was reported missing, that's not the way to like go looking for him or to like get the word out that we're looking for him. Right, <laughs> like a billboard. I, I, I just, go, just like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I should look it up, see if I can find more on it. But yeah, because we were just driving down. I think it was on the PCH, and we were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> that's hilarious. I can't. I just googled it. I can't find a picture of it, but that's hilarious. Uh, uh, oh yeah. god! But this. Uh, <laughs> This critic wrote that uh, not a single of Mayor's contemporaries <laughs> has come up with anything resembling a worthwhile anti-war anthem that is as good and speaks for their generation as much as this song. Um, I don't know if there was I even guess. an attempt at like some... An- Do people consider it an anti-war song? I mean, I understand it could be like interpreted as such in a way, kind of. I would... I've never heard. But I think on the grand scale, I don't. Manner. I don't think it's really considered that. I I thought it was more so just like, hey, we need to be better to each other. Yeah, that's what I got to get as. That's the problem. How do we fix it? I don't know. That's why we wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's for you to figure out. Um, and uh, it was the. It's the first. It's the first track on the album, and um, and the first single. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I hate when bands do that. What I hate, I hate the when track? the lead single is the first track. Yeah, I don't know why. That used to be a thing. I, I don't know why. I thought, I thought like it was like an unwritten rule that your lead single is track three. Not, I mean, <laughs> not I'm fine one. With that. It's it's track three, maybe four. And some people try to be clever and put it like at the end, like it's track twelve. It's the last track of the album. I it was funny. Like, with the, like we were still putting out cassettes and you couldn't just skip tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I never thought about that, but I think Semi Charm Life, I think that's the their lead single. That's the third track. I'm thinking back now. That's an interesting. I never thought about that. The thing that, uh, that annoyed me cause... is when it was the, the, the lead single is also the name of the album because I oh, guess yeah. people were too stupid to find it in the record store. <laughs> or like it was like they weren't going to remember if it was. <laughs> If it was uh, a different title, if the name of the album was a different title, yeah, they do have to play to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> I do think it'd be funny though to go back and rename albums after their lead single. <laughs> I think that'd be funny. <laughs> like, oh man, have you heard that new album? Smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. <laughs> like, just the weirdest album names. <laughs> Oh God! Or uh, this is how you remind me by Nickelback. Yeah, that's a great album, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. Um, and someone uh, made the reference to uh, well, no, another reviewer said found the song gives listeners both old and new an idea of how far John Mayer has come. To be frank, this is no your body is a wonderland. He could he broadens his fan base by infusing a very blues and R and B influenced sound. And um, you think he ever regrets writing that song? <laughs> like it's the one that comes up anytime somebody wants to like like dude he sucks man his body's like I wonder if he ever was like damn it I wish I hadn't. Wrote. So, I mean I'm sure it made him a lot of money, but well that's know. the thing is I'm I'm I wish I could find videos of it, but I'm pretty sure I've heard him say multiple times that those songs afforded him like that's how he looks at them all. They afforded yeah. him the opportunity to make music he wanted to make. That's what I imagine. And that's happens. how he looks at all that. 
I guess that's a good way to look at it. Um, and, uh, well, he did, there weren't all glowing reviews for that particular song, uh, entertainment weekly and the LA times, uh, the LA times said his mood tightens up unpleasantly. And in the Mm, Chicago tribune, um, perhaps the most spineless social justice song ever written. (laughs) You know what? I can't say that they're wrong though. Cause if it's supposed to be that it is kind of (laughs) weak. Yeah. Like like if this is supposed to be our generation's fortunate son, it fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh man. I did, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, if you think about like older, more, um, <laughs> more action oriented, like this ain't it, bruh. This ain't yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, Pitchfork, who, uh, well, oh along, God, with, along with along uh, <laughs> with Rolling Stone, uh, they hate everything. Uh, the best they of the said best. <laughs> it had the song had the gravitas of an infomercial, but only a fraction of the soul. <laughs> I bet if Radiohead did it, they like it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or future. Um, oh man, what did Entertainment Weekly say? I used, I, I used to subscribe to them in college. I read that like religiously. Hmm. I wanted to um, write for them. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> what did Entertainment Weekly say? I love their music. Oh, it didn't, it didn't say what Entertainment Weekly said, only the LA okay. Times. But it says like the Entertainment Weekly, I guess, was less than impressed. They, they probably didn't like it. They didn't like anything. Yeah. Um, well, on the Hot 100, it, it went to number 14. And it won a Grammy for Best yeah. Male Pop Vocal Performance. Uh, for Belief, it was also nominated for a Grammy. Oh. For best, yeah, best pop male vocal. pop vocal performance. So he had two songs in the same category in the same year. Yeah. He gets, he's, oh, wait, he's, wait, no. It, that was the next that year. Award. That was yeah, the next year. He was getting that award a lot. Oh, said it's like the Lenny Kravitz Award. Well, uh, Lenny was getting it for a rock vocal, and John yeah. Mayer was getting it for pop vocal a lot. He was, they're, they had similar runs. Um, like I said, with, with, uh, Gravity, mm-hmm. um, he did an interview with the magazine performing songwriter and said it was the song he was always trying to write. And that come back to bed was an early attempt at writing gravity. Hmm. And, um, it was featured on the John Mertrio album, try, and it has background vocals from Alicia Keys. Yeah. Who he later worked with on as I am. He did a song with her. Uh, he later said that um, this is the most important song I've ever written. Does that sound pretentious uh, for anybody yeah. to say that? Yeah, but it make it, it's on par for him at that time. <laughs> like he couldn't not talk about himself. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Damn it, he said that for real. Not surprised whatsoever about gravity. This is the most important song I've ever written. It's a time capsule song. I will listen to it every day of my life if I need to. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, John. It's honest to God, the most important song I've ever written in my life, and it has the fewest words. Uh, I was in L.A., and I was there for the summer just writing tunes, and I was in the shower. 
And I don't know where it came from, but it's the damn truth, you know, and I just say gravity is working against me. This is talking about making sure you still love yourself, making sure you still have your head on, making sure you still say no the way your mom would say no. And I will need it every damn day of my life because it's easier to mess up than it is to stay here. Jesus, I forgot how how I forgot how much of a narcissist he was back then. I am I'm, I'm, and I'm starting to remember. <laughs> I never forgot. <laughs> he was Jeez. awful back then. And uh, there's a Grammy performance of this song as a medley with Corinne Bailey Ray's Like a Star and John Legend's Coming Home. I'm sorry, I just can't get over. This is the most... Who was that interview with again? (laughs) Um, This is when he performed it in concert in 2005 with that quote. Okay. Okay. I don't know why. I just imagine him like at his at like a mansion in L.A. Right. Like just in like a T-shirt and jeans looking kind of like disheveled. Just telling her interview like this is like Stacey Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most important song I've ever written. You know, it's like, you know, you just have a vision, you know, like it's just it comes from God himself. You know, you just got to get it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah. He has. He has calmed down quite a bit. Well, it's funny because that just reminded me how self-indulgent he was because the other song, right after that, I Don't Trust Myself. Sorry, not after Gravity, but the second track. I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty certain there is a YouTube video of him coming up with that song, but it's if the timeline's right, it's him in the studio in LA playing that beginning riff over Mm -hmm. and over for no joke like 18 hours you Whoa. see people coming in and out of the studio and then like whoever's in behind the you know in the control room recording it you see him at one point and they're just like trying to stay awake <laughs> like it's just he doesn't stop because he's like i've got this that's it's in like trying to figure out the song i like i'll try to find it it's been years since i saw it but i it, yeah i didn't realize he was that obsessive dude wow and with uh it was weird he won another Grammy for the live version of Gravity from Where the Light Is for Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance. Hmm. No, so he definitely believes. Yeah. Most this is, important song. <laughs> this across three different ceremonies that he, that he <laughs> got awards off of this album. That's crazy. I, okay, so I wanted to ask this because I, I did make some notes on I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You. Um, that's a Qtron, right? That he's playing? Uh, Yeah, some kind of envelope filter. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Because um, I made that note, I was like, that was introduced to me by Matt. Because <laughs> Matt loves pedals. <laughs> I do love guitar pedals. <laughs> you were the, as a matter of fact, you were the first person I ever met who played with more than, more pedals. Because I thought I had a lot of pedals, and I was like, holy shit, this guy's got a lot of pedals. <laughs> like, I didn't know what half of them did. <laughs> <laughs> And like some of them would make weird noises. I still remember when you bought that Moog Fuger. Oh God, yeah. Like you had it for. It felt like you had it like maybe a a month, and you're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, (laughs) you sold it. Yep. And I think Brian, (laughs) your buddy Brian, I think he ended up buying it from the store I sold it to. Oh wow. Because it was it was the Brent Hall. Ryan Hall, that's right. Yeah, it was the store in, in Douglasville, right? Yep. Okay. 
Um, my fun fact about this song, the I so the first time I heard it, I had never heard it before. It was the night before Chris's wedding at a bar in Carrollton. Sam Coon was playing it. Ah, uh, that makes sense though. Yeah. He was playing it. I was like, what song is this? And Brand, I don't know if you remember Brandon Grant. Brandon Grant was there. And he we called him BG a lot of times, but he was, I was like, dude, this this is a really good song. And I was like, who is this? He's like, oh man, it's John Madden. I don't trust myself in loving you. And I'd never heard it. And yeah. Then the next day, Chris got married. (laughs) 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 I don't remember why we were out that night, but it was like, we went to Applebee's. And then we went, hey. I love Applebee. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still mad that the one is in Hiram is closed. I would be there all the time, dude. Um, that place was so gross, even uh, for an yeah. Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Applebee's is gross. I went to the one. Um, I think it was in Duluth. Oh, it was so dirty. Uh, it looked surprised. like it had been there for like 60 years. It probably was. Hadn't been updated. It was so bad. I enjoyed it though. God, I love Applebee's. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's see. I even followed the subreddit too. <laughs> There's an Applebee's subreddit, so yeah, go follow it. It's, it's pretty. No, dope. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, dreaming with a broken heart. Oh, that's where I scrolled um, to as well. Yeah, that's where I stopped listening to the album. <gasps> that's I really yeah, that, only listened to one through nine. Yeah, that that, oh, that song. That, yeah, that's tra- it's track ten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's my Carrollton song, man. Driving around Carrollton at night, simping. That was my song. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and so I I I texted Matt earlier a status. Um, or a message that Trip Spe- well, whatever. yeah, Trip sent me. Trip Spears, the local emo kid um, in Carrollton, where he was like, "Hey, you guys gotta let me open up for you," because I just wanted to see where my head was back in 2007. So I'm like <laughs> going through old Facebook posts because that's when this came out. I just remember like this song like really touching me back then. <laughs> I was like, "What was I doing back then?" But I also remember that was the year I graduated too. Yeah. So. But. Um, I used to just love this song. I used to hear it all the time in Carrollton. Um, it says that it was, uh, it peaked on the Hot 100 at number 99. Um, it was on the adult top 40. And uh, Bill Burke called it another bullseye from that rare singer-songwriter who has proved to be a cinch for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also featured on an episode mm-hmm. of The Game. And... As in like... The one that came on BET? Yeah. Really? Hmm. All right. Um, and it was performed. There was a uh, a routine, dance routine with Twitch and Carrington for the fourth season of So You Think You Can Dance. And I, I don't know how you dance to this. <laughs> uh, ben is a fan of acapella groups. Pen Masala covered this song also. Um, Some acapella groups. I've, I feel like the industry is getting a little, you know. Acapella? Sorry. 
There we go. Now it clicks. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Capello. Count. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's I'm another sorry. one, but I won't say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Offline. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um,. So, uh, in some <laughs> reviews of the album, um, uh, let's see, uh, Matt Collar of All Music called it a gorgeously produced, brilliantly stripped to basics album that incorporates blues, soft funk, R&B, folk, and pop in a sound that is totally owned by Mayer. Uh, Mojo called it a great blue-eyed soul record. And Powers of the LA Times, even though I don't know if I don't think it was her that uh, had her had the criticism of waiting on the world to change. But she said, Mayor is best when treading softly, finding the fluid heart of blue eyed soul rather than on more angst filled songs. Um, and let's see if Pitchfork had a. No, they don't have a rating. Pitch Robert 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 Christgau Christgau I never know how to say his last name. He gave it three stars. I, I don't know if y'all ever read his stuff. This guy's like the weirdest music critic. He's just that three out of five. Yeah, I don't always understand what he's talking. I don't know. He's he's an odd guy. He's not a fella. Uh, Entertainment yeah. Weekly gave it a B minus. Sounds uh, about right for that time. And... Can't believe they didn't hire me. <laughs> uh, Robert Christgau also said uh, for Waiting on the World of Change in the Heart of Life as highlights he quipped saying in so many words what his less less gifted more pretentious contemporaries think it's cool to camouflage uh, who were his contemporaries I wonder had to be Jace yeah. Mraz and Jack Johnson and Gavin like Carroll. who's putting out albums in 2006 like that 2006 singer songwriters because I'm kind of curious now. Uh, Rolling Stone called it a smart, breezy album that definitely fuses his love for old school blues and R&B with his natural gift for sharp melodies and well constructed songs. And they called and they later named it the 11th best album of 2006. I kind of see what they mean now. Um, so looking here at the Billboard year-end Hot 100 singles of 2006, um, two song singer-songwriters in the top five, Daniel Powder, Bad Day, James Blunt, You're Beautiful. Yeah, they're not saying that. They're not saying <laughs> <laughs> They're not making those statements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not making those statements. So, I don't see anyone else. The Fray, maybe? They're not making that statement. <laughs> oh, The Fray. I forgot about them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he won two Grammys uh, in the the first year of eligibility. That he won three, three different years. He won for something off of that was related to this album. So, um, he won for Best Pop Vocal Album. And he won for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance for Waiting on the World to Change. And he was nominated for Album of the Year. Uh, let's see 
who he, yeah, who did he lost lose? to. Who did he lose to? <laughs> um, he lost to Taking the Long Way by the Dixie Chicks. Mm. Also okay, nominated were Saint Elsewhere by Gnarls Barkley. Remember that project? Um, Stadium Arcadium <laughs> by the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Future Sex Love Sounds by Justin Timberlake. Yeah, he he wasn't gonna win that one. That was uh, he wasn't that, especially enough with the, compared to the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> yeah, the Dixie Chicks were making their comeback from insulting George W. Bush, <laughs> and Rick Rubin produced it. Like he never stood a chance. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Rick Rubin did that. Yeah, he never stood a chance. An interesting documentary that we have an episode on. Um, what was it taking the long way? Uh, Shut up and sing the documentary. Shut up and Shut sing. Up and yeah, sing. Shut up and sing. Yeah. What is taking the long way? That was the album. Okay. That was the name of the. I album. was like, is that the Kevin Durant thing? But never mind. That's. <laughs> uh, and for best male vocal performance, uh, he beat out "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt, "Save Room" have? by John Legend. Jenny Wren by Paul McCartney and Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Man, that's oh yeah, and Teddy Geiger too was is on uh-huh. here. <laughs> oh god. Teddy Geiger. Who I forget is still Teddy Geiger uh, today. Still Teddy Geiger. No, they came same out name. as um Oh, okay. She she still goes by Teddy same, Geiger. Same name. Yep. Okay, okay. I forgot about that. I wasn't laughing at that. I wasn't laughing at that. I just, I thought they changed their name or that she changed her name. I I didn't know about any of this. Yeah. She came out as transgender maybe five years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, And for best pop vocal album beat out back to basics by Christina Aguilera. Third, the, the forties, Swing inspired. Oh, album. with the Mr. Lollipop Man or something like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Back to Did Bedlam you... by James Blunt. <laughs> Real subtle, that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I did not like that song either. Uh, Back to Bedlam by James Blunt. The River in Reverse by Elvis Costello and Alan Toussaint. And Future Sex Love Sounds by Justin Timberlake. That was uh that album was everywhere. 2006. Um so as we can end this conversation uh cuz it's almost midnight here, Matt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> as far as this album like I said it was kind of like the the kind of the downswing <clears throat> of the 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 mainstream popularity, but I think with, with musicians like, like you and Ben, still, there's an appreciation for it still. Um, but what do you think this album like kind of says as far as like in the trajectory of John Mayer, like how does it, where does it stand for you? Uh, for me, this is the, the one album that separated him from what I knew him as to what I realized he wanted to be. Like, don't get me wrong, I, did, I wasn't a big fan of the albums after this. Like, I didn't like his whole folk thing. But you, if you look at it, like, this was his album to be himself. And then he got, you know, himself into trouble in the eye of the public, uh, just being himself. Then Battle mm-hmm. Studies was kind of odd. And then he went on 
to be a recluse in Montana and made born and raised or whatever the hell it was called. So it's like, mm -hmm. to me, this is where he really became himself <laughs> and realized that like he needed to do a little growing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Cause I think I agree there that with the public stuff, probably some of that due to that ego that I totally forget that he had. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, he, he's, he has grown up. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, I think this was his album to grow up. Like this was the slap in the face of like, all right, now I know what I want to do, but I got to realize what I shouldn't be doing as well. It's kind of how I look at it. If that even really answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you, Ben? It's my favorite album by him. Um, and, uh, and it's funny. I didn't even realize that when, it was an album. I just, <laughs> I kind of realized it by like finding out all these songs. Um, and he agreed, like it was kind of that, like he did all these things to get here to be able to do that album. Um, and now he just kind of does whatever he wants at this point. Like, you know, he just, he kind of genre, genre hopping out at, you know, at a certain point. I think this album honestly was a perfect, a perfect combination of commercialism which, you know, he's on Columbia Records at this time. He's got to satisfy that. But then also being able to do what he wants. Because when you come out, when you put out two platinum albums back to back, <clears throat> have these huge tours, big singles, and win the album of the year Grammy, or song of the year Grammy, you kind of get to call your own shots at that point, you know? Um, so I, I would I say that, yeah. But then, yeah, after that, he just kind of went, it's almost, almost like he kind of went off the rails. I don't know, <laughs> like he... You know, outside of who you love, he kind of stopped trying to be commercial. Yeah. 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 He just kind of like, I don't even, there's even, I mean, I think New Light after his folk stuff was the first video he'd made in a while. And I didn't even realize he was still making music, you know, but in the streaming age too, things are different. Like New Light wasn't a big hit, but it's approaching a billion streams, you know? So like the way in which music is measured nowadays anyway is just completely different anyway. Like you can not have a radio hit and still, you know, be a big deal. Um, so that's that's what that is now. But in, in terms of this album, yeah, it was definitely a moment. And I, I think it was when he really just, we found out who John Mayer was. Cause most, a lot of people that I knew after this album started, like, you know, Matt, and I don't think I realized that, that that's when he started respecting him. But like, I knew a lot of people who when this album came out and after that, they started like, oh, John Mayer can play guitar. That's when he starts getting the comparisons to like Keith Urban, Brad Paisley, and like Joe Bonamassa. Like that's when he starts, those become his contemporaries at that point. Not your Jason Mraz's, your Daniel Powders. That's who he went from being compared to them to like, oh yeah, this guy is on that level. Yeah. All right, so that will do it on our um conversation about John Mayer's continuum um check it out wherever I mean I'm not promoting this uh, <laughs> so, uh so. get it at your local Sam Goody oh. <laughs> FYE FYE it's still it's not open now but you know go to your local mall it's, it's over Goody. there <laughs> maybe you can find it on Maybe you can find it on vinyl at Best Buy. Um, I feel like that's yeah, where it would vinyl be. Now? I don't know. Do I have it on vinyl? Yeah. No. Oh. Okay. Oh. 
I was in Target the other day. There was more vinyl than CDs in the music yep. section. I think the only it's CD. It's kind of weird. Um, they did have a, because I, I, uh, I still had the clip up when we talked about the Now Music compilations. <laughs> they had a Now Music compilation on vinyl. That feels like a waste of vinyl. <laughs> Oh God! Like, what for? <laughs> um, I think anytime I see vinyl, I just think like, are are there more hipsters than I realize? Are they like mutating? Um, oh goodness! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, so my uh my earworm of the week, uh, this goes back to my days of being really into MTV two. Um, so, and this is a band, I think I heard them, I first heard this song when I was in high school on an episode of Reverb, uh, the show that was on HBO. HBO? Dude, that show is so good. Um, that's where I first heard, uh, Coldplay and Remy Zero and, and also, uh, this band. Marvelous 3 was on there. Um, familiar with it and the only thing I knew about the band and it's really the only thing I still know about them is they were signed to Grand Royal which I think it was the Beastie Boys imprint the band called At The Drive-In and uh, if you recall their song yeah. uh, One Arm Scissor that's the only song oh, I know by them <laughs> talking about. but it was on heavy rotation on MTV2 um, so yeah I, I added it to my um well, another playlist I have, I have almost, I have over 300 playlists <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is One Arm Scissor by At The Drive-In. All right, it's playing now and we will be right back. Yes, this is the campaign slithered in jails in the cargo bay. Is the vastness hollow vacuum choppy oxygen tanks? They hibernate, but have they kissed the ground? Pucker up and kiss the asphalt now. Tease this amputation, splinter glare rings, it has access now. So that is one arm scissor by at the drive-in. Um, 
It's been a minute since I've heard that one, man. I love that song. It's so good. It's yes. like the... To me, it's the best organized chaos. Yeah, it's wild. Just <laughs> There's so much going on, but it works. Uh, it's funny, because yeah. I don't think I've really heard anything else by them. I Invalid Litter Department. I know I have That's one. <laughs> Uh, invalid litter department that's a good one okay i mean and it's I, i'm surprised i never just thought to go because i'll do that with a lot of bands like spotify you know streaming you can just go in and just listen consequence free so i might do that um so yeah i uh i had this um playlist of just songs that i i've heard on mtv2 or vh1 that Maybe I heard it maybe like once or twice, and then mm-hmm. it just came to mind one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that that was definitely one of those. And like I said, I remember hearing it on um, on Reverb. Um, I didn't know they did an episode of Reverb. Yeah, I used to love, 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 love that show. And Every they, Sunday night, I would watch it. And we probably talked about before how there aren't shows like that anymore. Um, but I think it's mm-hmm. because of how people can put out music themselves much more easily uh, online that they don't need um, a TV showcase type of show like mm-hmm. Reverb or um, was it Fat Farm Club? Farm Club. Farm Club. Farm Club, oh, Farm Club. Farm yeah. Club was oh. awesome. Man. <laughs> Cause they had, ev- didn't they have Beastie Boys on there when Intergalactic came out? Probably. Double check. But I wouldn't be. Surprised. I know, like yeah. Seven Dust was on there. I saw Incubus play like, Privilege. Uh, yeah, I remember Incubus being on there, and uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack, and oh, Citizen man. King. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, Snoop Dogg. Really that, that was a great show, man. That they should bring good. that back. It was like a, it's like a better American Bandstand or something. <laughs> <laughs> Farm Club. Oh man. Um. So yeah, that will uh, bring us to the end of this episode. Um, what should we end the show with? Anybody's <laughs> should it pick. Be the most important song ever. <laughs> the most important song ever. I feel, <laughs> it's most important I, I feel like it's fitting. <laughs> the most important song he's ever written. <laughs> I wish we had. Yeah, I'm good. They clip where you said that. <laughs> See, guys, what you understand? It's probably drawing. It's the most important song I ever wrote. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find the, find the clip of him saying it's the most important song. He said. <laughs> when uh, I recorded this song, I played this opening for 32 hours. <laughs> <laughs> the engineer tried to get up to go pee. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Just oh man. I am John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> you always do that. <laughs> it's like they just ended with "I am," and they say their own name. <laughs> uh, oh man, there doesn't seem to be any kind of interview in which he said that. Or, I will or, say, the, or though, the concert. It, that quote was from a concert performance. So yeah, makes sense too why he that. I think you showed me this clip, Matt, where he's playing Panama with David Rand Harris on Mayor Cruz, and he's like got his shirt off, 
And like he probably is just drunk with power. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I would not doubt it. <laughs> it's like you, David's probably like, we probably shouldn't cover this, dude. Nah, man, I'm John Mayer. I do whatever I want. It's my cruise. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to play Panama, I'm gonna play. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, so like that, but Jesus, man, this... John Mayer. <laughs> it's like home. It's got like that Homelander. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for being on this episode, Matt. I really appreciate of this. Of course. Really Anytime. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. (laughs) Peace. Peace out. Gravity is working against me. And gravity wants to bring me down. makes this man with all the love that his heart can stand dream of ways to throw it all away